Hi, I'm Dora from Dora Nicolau and my drink of choice is a chai. I'm Gemma from Contently Driven and my drink of choice is red wine. And I'm Michaela from Inspired Office and my drink of choice is a sparkling white wine. Work-life wine time supports the responsible consumption of alcohol. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome beautiful people to episode 46 of the Work-Wife Wine Time podcast. Your host for today is me, Makala. With me today, I have a very special business friend of mine, Sharon Harvey from Sharon Space. And Sharon has been in business for a really, really long time, <laughs> by my standard anyway. And she's done some amazing things. And she's currently in a role um, in Southern Tasmania where she helps mentor business people, new business people um, who want to start a business. So welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. This is a little bit exciting, a bit juicy. I know it's fun. I've been promising to do this for a while, so I'm so glad we're finally doing it. And the reason I've asked Sharon onto the show today is because she, like myself, has had to deal with some pretty heavy-duty health issues, her more so than me. And I just really wanted to have a conversation around what it means to run a business and to continue a business when you have health issues because it's, you know, life in general and running a business in general is full of ups and downs. And it can be more so when your health isn't as reliable as you'd like it to be. Um, So I thought Sharon would be a really great person to have a conversation around this, mainly because she helped, has helped me so much in the past few jobs in the past past few months, um, get my head straight around this in my own business. It's been so helpful for me to be able to talk to someone who understands the difficulties that we face when we have a chronic or a major health problem. And honestly, just being able to talk with Sharon about it has made it so much easier for me just to keep going and to just keep pushing through and just keep making it happen. So this is what the episode's about today. So we're going to start, um, I've introduced Sharon really briefly, but tell us a bit about yourself. Tell us about you, what you do. Tell us about your business. Tell us everything. Why, thank you. And if I lose my train of thought, because the brain fog is a real thing, then feel free to uh, to get me back on track because that oh, happens. We we'll both just- that. We'll lose the train of thought together. It's all good. Perfect, perfect. So I live in a beautiful spot via the beach and via the bush in Tasmania, and we are very, very lucky to live where we do. It's absolutely beautiful. I have two children, seven and eight, boy and girl, and I have a beautiful, fabulous husband and a very, very disruptive puppy who is the new addition to the the family. So it's not the kids we often worry about when we're doing Zooms and different things at home. It's the puppy barking at uh, every door that he's hearing well and truly over an hour away. So um, (laughs) it's it's full on. It's fun. And um, I have been in business for, as Makala said, a very long time. 
And it's even a struggle for me to say the number because it feels like I'm like fresh out of, you know, getting started like yesterday because I'm always constantly learning new things and adapting and changing and evolving and pivoting and just moving with what, you know, happens in the changing times. But about 21 years, so I actually started in business working for myself um, at the age of 19. I had held a couple of jobs prior to that, which lasted next to uh, no time because I was fired from both of them. The uh, perfect ideal employee, not. Um, So I found myself in a position where I was unemployed, living in country New South Wales. And long story short, I found myself involved in a direct sales company, which gave me the biggest lessons of my business to date, some of the biggest lessons, and it enabled me to show up in a world of non-judgmental humans that I didn't need a lot of skills, a lot of different things that you may need to start a business. These days, I felt not judged. And I think that that was, I'm so incredibly grateful for the grounding that that had given me. And then over the years, I've done different things. I've owned and started a Tasmanian gift business, which I sold um, a few years after the fact. And I started that because I was a little bored in the, in the, um, what I was currently doing and I was full-time in, in that. And I'm like, I just need to do something else. I've had health and nutrition businesses. I've had storefronts. I've operated from home. I've been around the cosmetic and beauty realm for a little bit. But all in that with the last 20-odd years, if I think about it, it's all fell on assisting other people, you know, business coaching, often counselling, not just myself but other humans as well. And I am a huge advocate of networking and um, just collaborating with other people, running workshops. And that's really, I just, that's just my mojo thing. I just love the whole connection of, of people. Yes. And that's how I met you through networking. And I have had the absolute pleasure of presenting at one of your workshops. Yes. Um, and I did a webinar recently, which was yes. my first one, which was a lot of fun um, that I also did with Sharon. Um, One of the points that you made in there that I just thought was really fantastic, how you said about um, you were in an environment where you felt like you weren't judged Mm. about not knowing everything about business. That's something I find, I find that really interesting because I know when I first started my business, I didn't quite know what I wanted to do, but I thought I need to learn everything about business. Like I joined business school because I thought, oh, I have no clue what I'm doing. I need to know these things. I need to know all the ins and outs and learn it all from scratch before I actually come up with a business I do and do anything. And while that path has actually been really beneficial for me, that was great. A lot of my clients that come to me wanting help haven't got a clue about business. And um, 
And yeah, I just think it's really important just to welcome people in and help people. And, you know, yeah, we're all yeah, learning. Yeah, yeah, and we're all learning together. Like there is no hard and fast rule about business. It's like I I always say that business is just trying and failing and mm. trying again. <laughs> and that's probably one of the biggest lessons I've ever learned was when I first started in business because I'd left home at 16. I finished year 10, but didn't finish year 11 in school. And I didn't have the so-called education and qualifications. And still to today, I don't think that I am qualified in a qualification sense in anything that's got a certification or a certificate or a lot of it's just been on the job, you know, training and just you know, doing my thing and learning the ropes. And I think for me, I get a lot of joy out of learning from other people and on task and going through that, that on-the-job training. It's just I know I learn more by doing that and learning as I go than by the textbook stuff. Yep. No, I completely agree. And it's a lot more fun doing it that way too. Totally is. And you've got a great story to tell as well, right? Yeah. Definitely. So as most or at least some of our listeners will know, early last year, so around about I think it was end of March, beginning of April last year, I didn't contract, but I guess I developed um, a health condition called trigeminal neuralgia, which is a chronic pain condition in the face, and it really, really sucks. (laughs) And um, that's been an ongoing thing for me. And I had a few months where I ended up in bed and I couldn't do anything. And then I had to deal with the side effects from the drugs. And it's only kind of been in the last few months that I've really gotten a bit of a handle on that and started to come out of that and have started looking at my business again and trying to get back into the swing of things. But you had a much bigger health catastrophe than I have. So tell us a bit about what happened to you. Sure. Okay. So I was, and I always have been the person that literally just gets the job done. Um, I was programmed to kind of, and in the early days, I felt that I had to go above and beyond because I lacked in skill. So I had to make up for it in numbers. So I was always prepared to go the, the extra mile. So I've always been that person but um yeah a couple of years ago it actually just be over a couple of years now I woke up one morning and I um went to read text messages on my phone and I couldn't read them and I wear glasses now but I didn't at the time so I'm like oh you know was I like 37 38 or whatever and I'm like yeah I probably should go get my eyes checked you know it's never really been an issue before and So um, leading up to that, I had found myself um, at the doctors more than my whole history of visits to the doctors. And that was with hives and constant, um, my energy, thirst. I mean, there was all these signals and warning signs and stuff like that. Um, And I learned a lot from that experience alone that I am now, if I'm ever in doubt, when I ask someone, not just medically, but anything, if it doesn't sit well, I'll keep pushing until I find out what I need to know to move forward because I didn't do that and I didn't 
order any tests or push any people for to doing any anything. And so a couple of years had sort of passed with me going through all of that. And then I woke up this one day and couldn't read my phone. Went to a um, get a regular eye checkup done, and they said you need to go to the emergency immediately. And um, asked me if I was feeling well, and I'm like, I've got two kids. I'm a mom. I work. I run a business. I don't know. I don't even know what that looks like. I don't know. I'm just doing me, you know. Um, so I went there, and long story short, I was in and out for a period of like a couple of years, and um, I have had a brain shunt uh, inserted. So I've had a couple of brain surgeries last year. Um, no, not we're in a new year now, aren't we? So about 12 months ago, I had um, second surgery, which was to remove tumors. So one was on the right and then one was on the, the left, but I was also diagnosed with an autoimmune disease when I first went into the hospitals, because they did a lot of prodding and um, pushing and poking and MRI after MRI and PET scans and all sorts of wonderful, crazy things like five spinal taps and very, very interesting medical learning experience for uh, for young Sharon, things I've never heard of, never knew about. So I have very much um, a gratitude for those that have any sort of health condition because it can derail you massively. So they found that I had um, this disease called sarcoidosis. And they thought that I had the neurological version of that, but it's um, but it is only, and I say that with respect, in my lungs, and it is an inflammation type of disease. So um, fatigue's a real thing. I can be triggered by things I choose to drink or choose to eat. So I need to watch certain things because I'll have a bit of a episode, <laughs> which is just like. A, a moment that just lasts forever of like total brain fog and just kind of not knowing who's who in the zoo. So um, that was another thing that I had to to deal with, and a couple of things that um, I remember. Now, I mean, th- I think one of the biggest things is that I definitely look for the positive in as much as I can, but I definitely had my moments where I just couldn't, just couldn't, and there's I just just didn't and I couldn't and I would just write off those times and days and just do what I had to do and when I felt good I then did in those days things that I could do so I I went with the ebb and flows of where I was at and I made no apologies or excuses for any of that um, which I think was an important part for my learning because I was always somebody that showed up, went the extra mile, did more than what was expected. And I had to come to terms with the fact that it was okay just doing what was necessary and okay to do to get the job done. Mm. It also taught me to actually minimise my time. It's taught me to um, don't over speak things, don't over email things, don't over text things that aren't required of a manual of a reply. Just literally say yes or no, or I'll get back to you and move on. Like you don't need to, I don't know, have flowers and fluff and all sorts of things on every form of communication, even if that is you, because that's definitely still me and it was me. But I've just learned to just get stuff done. Um, and because I had to, you know, do all of that. I mean, it's been a lot of lessons, but um, 
the one of the biggest things that I remember learning throughout the the journey of of being unwell was that it actually opened up my eyes to make me think about what I was currently doing. And what I was currently doing at the time wasn't really what I wanted to be doing wholeheartedly, 100%. So it took me down a path. So I was in recovery and everyone's telling me, stay at home, you know, rest, um, do this. And it was all out of love and care. But those that knew me knew that that was not a great plan for me because I would have just ended up in the depths of depression. So I, what I did was polar opposite. Guess what Shaz did? Shaz opens up a new shop about half an hour from where I am and uh, signs a lease and starts working out of there and doing my, my thing at the time. And um, that was my recovery. I opened and closed when I wanted to. I did what I wanted to, the days I wanted to, but I needed something to make me feel like a human being, um, my version of, of me, not for anyone else. And it was, you know, looking back, it was probably a little bit crazy and stuff, but that was my recovery plan was to, to do that. And um, with, you know, the ways of the world, we don't need to say what's going on. I think we all know. Um, I decided to move majority of my business from home. It sort of pivoted down to um, coaching with business coaching with women predominantly. And a lot of what I was doing, I could do from, from home. So um, I then sort of went and did that. But that was a huge change for me um, to learn to adapt and to pivot and to, um, when things were happening, not dwell on the fact that they're happening, but think about what you can do to still do what you want to do, manage your health, um, and sort of show up. One of the things I remember is if I was going, for example, I'd go live. It was, um, what is it? Friday, I think, with Shaz or something like that. So go live on Facebook was one of them. And I would always say it was a Friday, but I would never give a time. So everyone knew at some point I was going to show up, but I would never set myself down to a time. Because if I woke up and I didn't feel like, I could be there at 9am because the pressure of times um, just overwhelmed me a little bit. And I'm aware of what overwhelms me and what pushes me. So I don't kind of do that stuff. So I would just say Friday. Um, I wouldn't, I would try where possible. I mean, obviously you need to set yourself some times with appointments and stuff like that. But I, um, I go to bed pretty late and um you know, I wake up just in time when the kids are at school to get them to school on the bus and get myself out the door if I need to go um, because now I'm working four days a week as well as running a business. Um, so I, I manage what works for me and I find that, you know, I work better sort of during the day but at night time, that's where I do my social posting, like chilling and relaxing for me is honestly laying on the couch when the kids are asleep and going to look at the last email that I sent out and getting all the bits from that email to schedule posts. Because I, it's not work to me. I genuinely, and I say this, you know, 100% with sincerity, I genuinely enjoy doing that sort of stuff. 
And it's because I'm not doing it every day and it's my gig and all that kind of stuff. Um, I will do that sort of stuff at, at night. That's for my chill out time. Um, so I, I've given myself permission to not be stuck working set hours from nine to five or from this to this. And when you are your own boss, you have the opportunity to, to do that. So giving yourself permission to go with your energy levels. And also to one thing, I remember running a, um, a workshop and it's for the, um, the business that I, that I work with that I'm employed by now. Um, I remember going to that, that workshop and showing up as the, the speaker and saying to everybody, look, you know, I'm going to be straight up and honest with you. I know what I'm talking about, but at some point through the next two hours, I'm going to lose my spot. I'm going to lose my place. And I'm just going to stare into the, into the ether and not know where I was. So are you were all okay with kind of like saying, Shaz, this is what you were talking about? And they were like, totally fine. I'm like, good. Because as much as I'm a whole human and I'm here, I've got a few, you know, kinks and things, and uh, they might just show their appearance today, but um, uh, we'll just ride along with it together if that's cool. And they're like, yeah, it's so cool. And I think for me that was my way of publicly kind of saying, and I do that, I don't actually do that as much anymore. I think I've just um, sort of come to grips with, I am who I am now. It's taken a little bit of time and there's, I won't always be the same. Like I have no feeling in the left side of my face and haven't done for a couple of years. It's completely numb. And, you know, there's just certain things and I've had double vision and, you know, there's spouts of like where my head feels like it's really because the excess fluid and I've got the tube and it's just, I just know, I know the signs and the signals for certain things. So, I will do like I have a, three things I do in a day with my business. And if I get them done when I'm having those shitty times or those just uh, those moments that you literally just got to go and just lay down and curl up in a ball, if I get those three things done, really don't care what, what else happens. And they're basic things. It's really just checking in on social and I don't read posts. I don't do anything. I'm just literally checking notifications to see if there's a message. And, you know, it might be um, that I'm checking my email and it's really just making sure that I show up to see what's there and that's, that's work for me sometimes. That's just enough to know that I've, you know, connected. And the reality is that, and I say this to people all the time when they're getting into a bit of a fluster about needing to get back to people and needing to do this and they need me for that and blah, 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 the world will fall apart if I don't show up for work even though I'm sick or whatever. I'm like, you know what? All these people were actually surviving and breathing before you come. Yeah. Before they met you, they were so fine. They're going to be so fine. Yeah. With like, they might want you in their world and, and have that conversation with you today, but they're actually going to be okay. They're, they're going to be so fine. Just go and do what you got to do. It's really okay. That, that's all fantastic. I, there were a few things there that you said that I'm like, yes, that, that's perfect. Um, like I love how you said that you, when you're responding to communications and things now, it's like you're just keeping it short and simple. Yes. I tend to be it's someone hard. who does write. It's so hard for me. It's so, so freaking hard to just be so blunt 
But that's all you need to do. I think it's brilliant, though. Yes. Yeah. But like the last few messages we've communicated, I've I've had a rough kind of start to 2022. And I think you probably got that because my responses were a lot shorter, whereas normally I'll write like five paragraph responses. Yeah. As long as there's a smiley face or a, or a kiss there or a, um, I mean, all we really want is just people to respond to us, right, and tell us what we need to know when we've asked a question. We don't need to know the last meal that you had and what was the last meal since we spoke to you and what happened there. I mean, no one needs to know all of that. Yep, that Um, is so true. Oh, it's so important, yeah. And and also what you're talking about with the pressure of times and giving yourself permission to work when you want it, we've spoken about this a few times on the podcast. It seems to be that a lot of us when we start our business we get stuck in the mindset of work hours are nine to five, Monday to Friday. Sometimes we'll take days off and all that sort of thing or go to appointments. But it's, it's something that comes up so often. Like, you know, we just think, no, we should only work during the day. And if we work out of hours, then that's like overworking and doing extra work. Whereas, you know, in actual fact, like you said, we work for ourselves. We can decide when we want those hours to be and especially working within our energy levels you know if you're someone whose energy switches on at seven o'clock at night and you can work through till two in the morning go for it yeah absolutely and and don't judge those people that do and you know what even if you are told uh you know don't work after hours and you want to work after hours even in your job or whatever there's such things as like scheduling or scheduling, however you say it, um, emails that come out at 8 a.m. or 9 a.m. or 10 a.m. the next day. If that works best for you and you feel that you're more on your game, do, do it the way, as long as you get your job done in whatever capacity that is, do it that best suits you. And that's all you, um, because you're better as a human being, you're better in all aspects of your world when you're ticking your boxes that best suit you totally 100% absolutely and like there's a I use um google workspaces and there is a thing on there that you can schedule the time like I do it all the time I'll write an email after hours or you know early in the morning but I pretty much tell people that my work hours are 11 to 4 roughly yeah and I'm always writing emails at night or in the morning because I feel good. So I wake up and I'm like, yes, I'm going to hit my inbox now while I'm feeling good. And then I, but I schedule them to go out within my normal work Working. window. So Correct. people don't get used to expecting responses at all hours. So yeah. there are ways around it. And the other thing that you said that I'm like, yes, but I don't feel like I've quite gotten myself yet is I when you said I am who I am now yeah can you tell me how how did you get there because I struggle with that all the time when I talk to my coaches or other friends and you know other business friends I still got this thing of who I was before and who I am now and I I really struggled to let go of who I was before because in my mind, you know, I was so much more efficient. And and the other thing, like you 
how you said in that um, that workshop where you just stood up and said, you know, I might lose my train of thought. I actually have started doing that now with clients mm-hmm. and things. If I have meetings later in the day where my brain starts to wind down and switch off. But, yeah, I, I really struggle with accepting myself how I mm-hmm. how I am now. It's taken a couple of years, I must say, um, and it's a, it's a, there's a lot of different um, that's acceptance in there. So, for example, and it's not just business either. So I was, you know, I'm very hands-on with, with my children, um, don't always get that right, but I, I genuinely, I try every day. Like I, I know I can say that within my, myself, I'm constantly they're always in my the forefront of my mind and I'm always critiquing myself and all that kind of stuff. So there was this whole part of learning to allow other people in to do things with my kids when I couldn't do them. That was hard. Um, I had to accept that. That I had to accept that. So my husband is 13 years younger than me and he didn't have an issue with it or not that he shared that, but I had an issue with the fact that because there was a period of time where I, I mean, I couldn't walk in a straight line. Um, I couldn't get my, well, I put one hand on top of the other and keep on flipping them back and forth. Um, there was, I was in a lot of pain. I was on a lot of medication. I had uh, puffer fished up there for a period of time on different things I was taking. And I'm medication free now. Oh, wow. Yeah, which is huge, which is a massive thing. Um, so there was a lot of, different things that I had to to come to terms with and I was sort of you know thinking to myself you know I I can't expect him to accept I'm not accepting and this is I wasn't accepting my illness and my sickness for getting worse or even as it was necessarily at the time because I wanted to to improve it as best I could for myself but I had to accept the fact of what was happening because how could I um, trust in the fact that he would accept me as I am now if I wasn't accepting of myself as I am now. So there was this uh-huh. whole thing of because um, we definitely have a very good relationship and there's a lot of banter and a lot of prodding and a lot of, you know, all the stuff that goes on. I mean, we have a really good relationship. I was fearful that that would change. So I had to accept the fact that, there was that love there and everything would be fine and also had to, you know, show the true belief that I had in him and myself that we would kind of, you know, get through that and it's a part of it. So I knew that that self-acceptance was a part of other people accepting as hard as it was. So for me to take the focus off myself and be able to say for everybody else to accept me, see, because then it's not. Sharon, you need to accept yourself, you know. Um, I, that made me accept myself more. And just, and also too, just, just conversations in general. And, I, and it's interesting because I went through a phase where I would kind of tell everybody um, more of the story, more of the journey, and, and I would um, give reasons to why I mightn't be able to stay for two hours or networking functions at night don't suit me and then you know, I got to a point but I think you've got to go through all of that yeah. of your own way yeah and then I got to a point where I just didn't want to have those conversations anymore if I didn't want to go I just didn't go 
I didn't feel the need to explain myself or any of that. Um, so I, but I think I had to explain myself to then not to have to explain myself to accept myself because I'd explained myself long enough that I was just then accepting myself for where I was and what I was capable of and stuff like that. Um, so I've had people say to me at networking functions, oh, you're not eating, Sharon. I'll say, oh, you don't want to watch me eat. I can't feel the left side of my face. If I put something in my mouth, it, like, you don't want to see that. It's just like, oh, and I already ate before I come, and I genuinely do. Yep. Um, so there's certain, I mean, that might seem insignificant, but there's little things that you can do to prevent yourself from falling over if you know where you're at and what you're capable of. So that's an acceptance as well, yeah. isn't it? Like rather than saying, well, I should be able to do an eight-hour or a 10-hour day. Um, that's the puppet that I was telling you about. <laughs> um, you, shouldn't be, you should be able to, you know, do a 10-hour day or whatever, but you don't, you know, you, you, you don't have to do a 10-hour day. Like it's more if you're doing things that are producing results and you can shorten that time, that's what you're aiming for. And it's enabled me to actually do that more efficiently than I ever have in 20 years. So it's a blessing in a way, not that I'd wish it upon anyone and I wouldn't want it either if someone, if I could just like go by and not pass it on to anyone else. But I've kind of accepted that it's part of my story now. And I think I feel for people differently. I relate to people differently. I wasn't judgmental before, but I feel that I'm actually even better at that now Um, and I've just got more time to hear people out where it's not actually about me so yeah I developed skills that I thought I had that I didn't actually really have down pat as well Mm. that's really good advice I really like the idea of changing the focus because it is hard when like you know you're the person with the the illness and so everything's focused on you but yeah it's it's really helpful to think I think that's going to be helpful to me to think okay I need everyone else to accept this so yeah I need to accept it for them to be able to yeah that's really good and something else that you mentioned that I I really struggled with at the start I don't need it so much now but when I first came down with this and I was practically bedridden accepting help. Mm-hmm. I really struggled. The women's group that we're both a part of was absolutely fantastic to start with. I had so many people wanting to drop off food and take me to appointments and do all these wonderful things. And I don't know about you, but I'm the person that helps others. Yes. Oh, it's and- a- I struggled so much allowing people to help me. Yes, yeah. And, and that's a lesson in itself, I think, that, you know, is, is a good lesson. Even um, Kyle, my husband, you know, wanting to do things and get things for me, um, I'd crack and just be like, you know, I'm capable. Like, seriously, I am a woman that is capable. And he's like, I never said you weren't. You're saying you're not. Like, chill. Um, it was, it was a hard thing to, 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 to go through and, and, and process and stuff. But now 
you know, I'm more than happy to to just say, look, you know, this is I just I can't do this. I'm my my brain. I did this yesterday, but today I'm looking at the same thing and I cannot remember how I did it or I cannot remember what happened. And I've had to do this with work. I'm like, I know we've been through this and I've taken notes. I can't even understand my own notes. So can you just show me again? And I'll I'll do that freely without I just I'm happy to do that because, I, you know, that's just who I am now. And sometimes I'm going to have those moments that last longer than a moment. Um, and I just you, I think that's an acceptance as well to be able to say, look, I know we've been through this and I think you might have even told me the answer to this like three days ago. But, um, yeah, no, I don't remember. <laughs> I do that with my family a lot. It's like I'm asking you this question and I really apologise if I've asked it before but I cannot remember what the answer was. Yeah. I often use that as a, a precursor to my questions because yeah. then that saves the, oh, you've already asked that in the eye roll. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I also noticed too when I decided to, you know, the whole self-acceptance thing is interesting and I don't know whether it's just a fluke um, or not, but I found that I am more able to articulate, be there, the brain fog isn't as severe. Mm. Sort of only comes every so often now. It's not, it was almost like a daily thing. And I think there was part of me that was probably talking myself into it. Yes. And making myself the new norm, like of, of what, you know, what others were saying that I will have or I'll go through or I'll experience or whatever. And then I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to listen to all of that, pick and choose what's relevant, just discard the rest and create my own norm. Um, and then I noticed from that I then felt that I was not sort of so lost. Yeah, I something that I have come to realise recently is that I was getting caught up a lot in the fear of what this might mean for my future. Yes. Like I was actually, I was letting it hold me back. It's like, oh, no, I can't. And I remember I've had coaching sessions on this and I'm like, oh, no, I couldn't do that because what happens if I wake up on that? Like I can't commit to this thing because what happens if I wake up on that day and I feel really bad and I can't go through with it? And, you know, I was creating all of this drama for myself about stuff like that. And it's like, it's kind of like the things that you've said, well, if you wake up on that day and it's not going so well, then you have a conversation with people about it and you try mm. and work out a way to make it work or to reschedule it or yeah. whatever needs to happen. It's like life happens and a lot of people really accept that. But, yeah. yeah, I was just getting caught up in this thing where I was letting my fear for the future that, and most of the stuff that I spent so much time worrying about never happened anyway. Correct. I mean, that's always the way, regardless of what it is, illness or otherwise. You know, we, you know, think too far ahead or predict things or won't do something because this might happen. And But you know what? What if this actually happens and it works? Like what are you going to do with yourself then? Let's think about that for a minute. So it's we've got to really protect what 
what we allow ourselves to to think about because the reality is if we think about it we bring it about and it might actually happen so your predominant thoughts become things and i'm a big believer of of that and i think one of the biggest things that i do is i take i actually take full responsibility for everything that is and isn't in my life um and i'm definitely more for putting my hand up than out and asking more questions than just saying, give me, give me, give me. I'm not of the mindset of lack. And I do know that the children I have, the relationship that I'm in, um, the good and the bad with, you know, whether that's financial or otherwise, is all because of decisions that I've made. So I don't beat myself up about things, but I'm responsible. And when you're responsible, you, you allow yourself you know, also the opportunity and the privilege to actually correct things as well. So being that person, I think, has has helped me through certain things, like having conversations about wills and what would happen with the kids and if things were to go pear-shaped in the early days. It was all a little bit crazy for some people, but for me, I was like, I just need to have a bit of a flow chart. <laughs> I just need to know the next step. What's the schedule? Like if this was to happen, where would the kids go? And then what would happen there? And I just, and once I sort of like viewed it all and allowed myself, because everyone was telling me, just rest. And that was not actually helping me at all because I was resting or trying to, and it was annoying me so much. And I knew that, that just wasn't going to be my thing. I mean, I rest when I need to rest. There's generally two or three days out of every month where um, I'll get the, the, the signs of a, and I know the difference between a headache and migraine now, um, that the, there's a migraine coming on and I just know that I need to shut up shop in terms of everything. I don't even try to do anything. Like it's literally close all the curtains, tell Kyle, rearrange postpone all the appointments and literally we're watching movies for two or three days if it's the weekend you know like that's just what happens and then we're all good so and I've come to terms with that too you know it might be indoors in the dark playing board games with kids that's okay they don't mind they don't mind watching movies back to back you say let's let's stick to technology for three days they're not going to argue with you so um, you know, it's being okay with those sorts of things. And then when it is time where you can be superwoman, super mum, super whatever, then just do that well. And when you can't, don't, right? Don't try to. Like it's that's just so exhausting in itself. That's so true. They're such good advice. That's fantastic. Well, I've asked all the questions that I wanted to ask and you've, you've pretty much ticked off everything that I wanted to cover. Is there anything else that you'd like to share, like a nugget of wisdom, although you've shared so much already, um, or anything else that you'd like to say about this to the people listening in who might be in similar situations Yeah, to us? Well, I think one of the biggest things when things go pear-shaped, whether that's health or relationships or business or whatever it might be, the you know, circumstances of the world or whatever, is to remember that you are more than whatever it might be. So, you know, if your relationship was to fall apart, 
you're more than that one thing. You might be a great friend to somebody, an auntie, a great work colleague. And you've got to weigh up all the good stuff. Acknowledge what's going on and don't say, oh, but, you know, Mary Jane is uh, worse off than me because, you know, she's had brain surgery. If you feel like shit, you feel like shit. Like don't, there's no, you don't have to say, oh, but I should be okay and do all of that. No, if you're feeling it, just go through it. Allow yourself because there's always going to be someone worse off. Always. But that doesn't mean that what you're going through is not shit at that time. Um, but just remember that you're so much more, you know, you you have more value than that thing that ends up, you know, not going according to plan. And there's so much more to you than the person that gains a whole heap of weight. You're not the weight you carry. You've got a heart. You've got a soul. You've got a mind. You know, just that's not who you are. It's just something you're carrying for the moment, you know. So just acknowledge that there's more to you than that. And if anything, seriously, just ask for friggin' help. Like <laughs> or accept it if it's offered. Accept it if it's if it's offered to you. Um, and it could just be a simple start by allowing someone to drop a coffee off to you or bring a meal or um, you know, don't ignore all the phone calls or whatever, even though you don't feel like having them. It's like anything when we have them or when we do the thing, we're so glad we showed up or had that conversation. You're not going to feel like wanting to do anything when times aren't great. You know, in the shittiest of times, you want to do shitty things. And in the best of times, you're ready to rock and roll and like live your best life ever. But it's in the struggle that you need to really find who you are and do the best you can to kind of manage it but keep on appearing and showing up and and doing all that because that's that's where your true character's tested it's in that stuff it's not when the times are good it's through that other stuff that i think you find really who you are yeah ask for help allow help yeah that's beautiful i would love to end it right there on that note so before we go, can you tell all of our listeners where they can find you? They can find me at Sharon Space. So if you just Google Sharon Space, you've got Insta, you've got Facebook, websites, sharonspace.com. And, um, yeah, stay around the flagpole. We've got an epic um, Facebook group that's all about service and significance and giving value and that type of thing, and you'll find that over on um, the Sharon Space Facebook page, you can link up to the group over there. Yes. And she also has a pretty awesome YouTube channel. I do too. Don't you me? do too. And <laughs> I highly recommend. Um, I, Sharon has taught me so much about networking. Like really some of the, com- every time we have a conversation about networking, I learn something new and walk away going, how did I not think of that? And she's got a really good video on her YouTube channel about networking. So if that's something you want to get better at or understand more, I highly recommend checking it out. Well, thank you so much for your time. This this okay. has been fabulous. I've learned even more, even though we talk about this, we we talk a lot. I've still learned even more from you. So this has been just fabulous, and I hope our listeners get as much out of it as I have. So. Thank you again. 
Thank you so much. Thanks for tuning into our podcast. If you enjoyed it, hit subscribe. If you'd like to learn more, then check out our website, www.workwifewinetime.com.au. While you're there, jump on our mailing list to receive special updates and offers from our guests. Until next time, take care and drink responsibly.